When an oven or a cooler goes down in a commercial kitchen during a pandemic, those with the skills to make them run again become essential. There are nursing homes and hospitals that rely on us to feed their patients, and we're the only people that do that as a trade. Welcome to Service Calls, a podcast brought to you by Heritage Parts in partnership with Food Service Equipment Reports. I'm Rob LaFrenz, and uh, yeah, things have taken a big turn since our last episode. The coronavirus is beating down hard on food service. So this month, we're going to talk about what's happening now and what the future of equipment repair might look like. Uh, one thing that's not changing, Food Service Equipment Reports Managing Editor Allison Resendiz joins me, observing appropriate social distancing protocols, of course. How are you doing over there, Allison? Hey, Rob. I'm doing good. So we can't go out to eat in a restaurant, but as you know, many are offering you know delivery and curbside service. Uh, I know I've been trying to take advantage of uh, some of the places around me and maybe uh, try some different things that I, I normally wouldn't go for. How about you? Have you uh, had a chance to take advantage of any of your area favorites? Uh, yes, I actually have really made a point to uh, <laughs> pump some money into our local uh, restaurants. We've got some really great places around here, and I think I've been trying to eat out once a week just to uh, help support my industry. Yeah, that, that's cool. You know, do what you can, right? Glad you're hanging in there. Okay, uh, joining us for uh, this episode, calling in from upstate New York, is Duffy's AIS CEO Wayne Stoutner. And Wayne, the restaurant industry, as you know, firsthand getting hit really hard during this crisis. How are you all holding up there at Duffy's? We are holding up fairly well. We've had to make a lot of adjustments in, in, in uh, the way we're doing business and also some adjustments in personnel, like most all of my counterparts in the industry. Uh, you know, our call volume has dropped a lot. And, and let's talk about that. What does it mean for your techs in the field? Well, our, our, our workforce is, is reduced. Everybody's, um, you know, everybody understands where we're coming from and everybody understands that we're trying to look long term and make sure we're, we're strong uh, pulling out of this. And um, so we've made our adjustments and all of our people that we've spoken with that we've had to either furlough or, or, or reduce their hours that their understanding of it. As far as, uh, uh, you know, the working, the same, we use the same protocols that, you, that you've seen that, uh, you, know, we, you know, we don't hold meetings. We don't have two people in one office even for that matter. You know, we're, you know, we're um, allowing and encouraging anybody that can work from home to work from home. So that's, you know, that's helped a lot. And um, we have received some communications from some of our customers that also give us additional protocols to adhere by, but they're nothing more than what you've seen. Could you give us a couple examples, Wayne? We just received a, a one from uh, the State University of, State University of New York, and um, it, it, it listed the protocols. And it said, for one example, which is a little bit different, when, you're, when your technicians come in, they want to flag or uh, make some signage stating that they are working that area and for them not for other people not to enter that area, which is something something a little bit different. And they also laid out in their partic- in their um, writings, they laid out all of their rules, which were right along the normal uh, wear PPE, wash your hands, wear gloves, and wash your hands as soon as you remove the gloves. If you have to sneeze, sneeze into your elbow. I think is what how they phrased it. Uh, but it's all the stuff that you've seen or read. But it was in what it was on their form and their instructions. So Wayne, are you supplying your techs with the personal protective equipment? We are, we are trying. It's actually been very hard because we um, were a little bit behind the ball, like a lot of people were, 
And when it came, you know, we had some masks, um, very few, but we had some masks in our inventory and we went through those in the first few days. And, um, you know, and, and beyond that, like everyone else, we're trying to provide that. The bottom line is we ran into the same problem as everybody else. So we've instructed, you know, our people, there's other makeshift masks and we've instructed them and sent them some information, some YouTube videos on how to, how to make your makeshift mask out of uh, bandanas or handkerchiefs and things like that. So, so we've done a little bit of that and we're trying to, we're, we're trying to provide it for sure, but we're having a, a hard time getting our hands on it. So under the guidelines that we, we have right now, um, food service equipment repair, is that considered an essential business? It was a little vague because it mentioned trades such as plumbers and electricians with the federal guidelines. And um, as far and as far as um, food equipment, we're obviously we're not in the uh, food supply chain per se, but we kind of fall under that category and along the category of like electricians and plumbers. Um, so we, we, we consider ourselves that and no one has challenged it. But I would say this, there are nursing homes and hospitals that rely on us to feed their patients and we're the only people that do that as a trade. So I, I think I think that the government wouldn't have an issue with us being considered essential. And I think and and so yes, we we, we consider ourselves essential. And according to the guidelines, it, it doesn't specifically name name food equipment service, but I think we fall within that. Now I know you've said it's been kind of business as usual. You got to follow the the common sense procedures, and and a lot of that stuff was already in place. But when this is all over and we start moving forward again, do you see? Any changes into how you do your business and how um, techs do their business kind of coming into play because of what has happened? I do. I think for sure in the in the immediate future, there are going to be a lot of changes. I think I think it ultimately will, will be prescribed by the government as well. But I think it's, you know, it's, you know, we want our technicians to introduce themselves upon entering, you know, any of our customers' premises. Um, that introduction probably will not be accompanied by a, by a handshake. I think that will probably be mandated. And I think we're going to encourage our people not to do that. Do that. And, and um I think that you'll see, you know, you'll see some more, we'll put in place, you know, some more guidelines with our guys about washing hands much more frequently, about shaking hands, about, um, um, you know, if they're, if they're, um, you know, if, if they're coughing or sneezing or have any type of symptoms, especially in the near six or eight or 12 months, um, you know, we're going to have guidelines in place. And I think everybody will where, that we're not going to have our employees coming into work. We're not going to be working through sickness like maybe we had done in the past. Wayne, what are some surprising things that your techs have learned in the past month? I think they're a little bit surprised, just like we are, that our business, which is has always been known to be recession-proof, this was the one thing that sort of pierced the armor on our business and everybody's the owners and technicians and everyone else are surprised that this is the first time that, that people in our industry have ever had to experience layoffs on the on the on the commercial food equipment service side it's just it, it's it's just unheard of and uh, it's it, everybody in our company for most everybody in our company it's the first time they've ever had to try to apply for unemployment so um that's that's one thing and i and i think I think all of our eyes are open, are wide open now and how contagious and how, you know, things such as colds and flus and, and of course, the coronavirus can be spread. And I think everybody's a lot more aware of that and maybe will hopefully um, uh, in the future reduce what they're doing or, you know, have just have better, you know, protocols among within themselves to, to stop the spread of that stuff. Thinking of techs in the field when they walk into a kitchen that's been uh, 
uh, mothballed for some time, what are some first things that they should do? As that stuff sits, you know, you, with with beverage equipment, you might have the potential for mold and mildew and that type of stuff. For uh, steam equipment, you might have some scale buildup that's, you know, been and then made potentially even some rust if it's not a stainless steel boiler. There are things where you know, it's kind of like an automobile where if it sits around, things start to seize up. Um, I think if uh, refrigeration equipment has shut down or anything with motors, if those motors have sat um, for electric motors have, have sat for a month or two and not been turned on, there's a, the potential that those would be seized up from, from not being used. Um, I think there's going to be some of that and, there, and there's an opportunity um, for us to get in there right in the beginning and get those problems taken care of for the operators. Um, but I think for, for technicians, yeah, anything that has movable parts uh, on the equipment that, you, that we work or anything with the watery uh, that, have, that uses water, I think um, those things are going to have to be gone through quite a bit to, um, and made sure that they're up and ready to go. So when restaurants get the all clear to reopen, it's not going to be business as usual. Uh, what kind of timetable do you think the industry is looking at before it gets to even you know close to what it was? You know, I've heard President Trump and others talk about, you know, when they turn this economy on and flip the switch. And I've also heard fellow service company owners say, hey, when they turn this back on, we are going to have a lot of work to catch up on. And um, I would agree to that, agree with that. But... I don't think the switch is going to be an on-off switch. I think, I think what's going to probably have to happen is they're going to sort of turn half of it on, you know, just like when they first started and said, you know, 50% seating to spread some people out and things like that. So I don't think that you're going to, I don't think you're going to see an immediate, you know, light switch type thing happen where, where everybody has to uh, get, get to work and work overtime. I think it'll be where they um, come back in and we phase our people back to work as things start to ramp up. And I think over time we'll definitely be back to you know full full time and and some overtime, but I but I think that's going to be spread out probably over the next six to twelve months. All right, Wayne, uh, what are you hearing from your techs who are out there handling the the work that you do have? Uh, how do they feel about it all? You know, most of them have been fine and haven't um, really shown that they're nervous about being out in the public um, to some extent. Several have. But the ones that have, we've asked them if we would, you know, if they wanted to volunteer for furlough or volunteer for reduced hours. Um, so it was a really small percentage. I, I, I would say less than 10% of our people, you know, said that they were kind of nervous about doing it. And we and we offered that option for them. And and several of them took us up on that offer, said, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be okay with being furloughed for a few weeks while this thing blows through. So um, that's what we've done. But other than that, the rest, the rest that are out there working uh, said, Hey, everything's great. We're doing, we're doing fine. And um, we want to make sure that if our customers start requiring specific PPE, um, like N95 masks or something, they want to, you know, they've asked us to, you know, to try and get our hands on them. We can't, but we're getting surgical masks, you know, the other, the other type. So that's the only thing they've mentioned where some customers have mentioned that might become a, a prerequisite to being able to walk into a facility. What advice do you have for techs who may have some extra time on their hands due to layoffs, furloughs, or reduced hours because of the pandemic? I would encourage everybody um, that you know technicians and, and 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 owners and everyone else in our industry, for that matter, you know now's a good time to to educate yourself or re-educate yourself back on the basics. And you know we're asking our technicians that that uh, you know if it, you know if if they have the time and and 
and we can provide them the resources to to further some education and and further and 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 maybe go back to the basics on gas steam electric uh refrigeration basics and and then also in in more advanced stuff like that so you know, now's a good time to sort of uh, uh, hone your skills, and and then when you get back, you'll you know not only will you be up to speed, but you might be further ahead than you were when you when when you uh, when you were furloughed or, or reduced your work time. Great advice and insight as always from Duffy AIS CEO Wayne Stoutner, uh, and cheers to you and everyone there at Duffy's Wayne. Thanks for answering the call. Uh, now let's go to the segment we call nuts and bolts. And this is where we get tips and advice from techs like you who are out there being essential. And, of course, we're talking the coronavirus crisis, asking, along with regular hand washing and social distancing, what are some best practices that service techs should follow in the field right now? First up, we go to Clark Service Group Baltimore Area Field Supervisor Tom Ness. I'd like to talk to you about a few tips to follow during the COVID-19 crisis. Make sure the customer is being called ahead of time. And when you arrive on site, make sure you check in at the front door so you can follow any procedures the customer may have. While on site, I recommend wearing a face mask and gloves. Keep all tools and parts you may use to a small contained area. When you are finished with the job, sanitize the area you serviced and communicate to the customer what you have done. Stay safe out there. And we had a few guys write in. Delaware Valley Tech for EMR, Sean Gaffney recommends wiping down hand tools with Clorox wipes after each use. RSI's Mark Montgomery says, wear a mask and do not share tools. And also from RSI, Chris New says, change gloves out before touching your van, sanitize your door handles and steering wheel, and stay home if possible. Thanks to everyone for your contributions. For next month, we'd love to hear from you about what's changed for you on the job in this time of social distancing. And yes, we're still excited that we now have a number you can call in to leave a message. It's 312-788-7618. That's 312-788-7618. You can also email or record a voice memo on your phone and send it along to servicecalls at fermag.com. And that's it for this episode of Service Calls, brought to you by Heritage Parts in partnership with Food Service Equipment Reports. And we'll be back next month, so be sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I'm Rob LaFrance.